completely and uninterrupted by any satanic or demonic force. We're open to the gifts of the Spirit, should you desire to flow or function that way in our midst. And as always, Father, we covenant to give you and you only all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody that agreed with that word of prayer, say it out loud. Amen. 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 Open with me in your Bible, if you would, to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. This is a all too familiar passage of scripture for so many Christians. Maybe you're new to the faith, new to following God through Jesus Christ. This one statement that Jesus makes is probably at the top of the list in terms of order of importance. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 to those of his followers, his disciples, which we are. He said in verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. If you were to go back to verse 24 and read into it, actually, if you started all the way back in the first verse, he's really talking about everyday life, things that you and I experience and You know, he said, don't take any thought for your life. Don't worry about any aspect of your life. What are you going to eat? What are you going to wear? What are you going to drink? You know, yet for your body. Um, And then he begins to give illustration like, you know, uh, God cares for the birds. Not one sparrow falls to the ground without God knowing it. And uh, he says, if aren't you much more valuable than a sparrow, a bird? If if God takes care of the birds, certainly he's going to take care of you. And then he uses the grass in the field and the flowers. He says, not one of them work. They don't have jobs. You know, they don't have barns or bank accounts. But God makes sure that that the grass is taken, the flowers are taken care of. And even much more, we as sons and daughters of God, we don't have to worry about any aspect of our lives, what our future holds. Because God cares more for us than he does for the birds, for the flowers, and the plants. But at the end of that, he said, so instead of focusing on your everyday life, focus on the kingdom. Instead of trying to seek, what are you going to do about this, or what are you going to do about that? Maybe you've got a situation where your children are concerned, or your job is concerned, or even maybe your health. He says, don't worry about those things, for after all these things, he says, the Gentiles seek. But he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So what we've been endeavoring to do in this series is to seek the kingdom. How do you that? How how do you focus on the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? And that's been the essence of our study Uh, For the last few weeks in the Amplified of Matthew chapter six, verse 33, it says, but seek, aim at and strive after, first of all, his kingdom, his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. Then all these things taken together will be given you besides. I look at the Amplified translation because it gives us another look at or definition of. The kingdom of God. You know, we know that the word kingdom compound is made up of king and dom, 
which refers to a king and his area of dominion. So in this study, we're looking at the kingdom. We're looking at the king and his area of dominion or the area where God dominates. And that's what God, Jesus, wants us to seek and look after. Well, another definition of the kingdom is his ways of doing and being right. We are continuing our series of study on the kingdom of God. As I said, the kingdom of God is the area where God dominates. In the area where God dominates, things are done his way, his way of doing. The things are done the way God wants them to be done in the area where he dominates. And that's what Jesus wants us to seek after, find out how God wants us to handle certain situations that come up in life. Um, so in the area where uh, God dominates, things are done his way. So we have been endeavoring to seek or find out what is it like in the area where God dominates, in the area where things are done his way. Uh, in this series, particularly, we're focusing on what it's like. So we're looking at direct illustrations from the word of God of what the kingdom is like. We're examining how each of those areas uh, are applicable in our everyday life. All right. So that's my introduction. Of course, we've learned in this series that Jesus preached and taught about the kingdom continually. When you look at if you were to study um, all of the use of the word kingdom in the New Testament, particularly, or in the words of Jesus, or particularly in the New Testament, the kingdom of God is referred to 68 times specifically, and then the kingdom of heaven is referred to an additional 31 times. So you're looking at 99 different references to the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. What does that say to me? It, 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 it says to me that the Bible, particularly the New Testament, has a lot to say Almost a hundred different passages of scripture. Now, we won't look at all of that in this series. Actually, in this series, we're looking at 12 specific passages. So out of this 99 different references to the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, Jesus in 12 specific instances describes what the kingdom is like. Now, we know he talked about it way more than that. But in 12 different passages, he said the kingdom is like or the kingdom is as if or the kingdom of God is likened unto. So we're in this series and it won't be long, a few more weeks, and I think we may be able to wrap it up. But in this series of teaching, we're looking at what is it like? What would the direct illustrate? What are these 12 different passages where Jesus talked about what it's like? Uh, we learned thus far that the principal law of the kingdom is the law of sowing and reaping or the law of the seed. Uh, we know the Bible teaches that there are laws that govern the universe. There is the law of seed, time and harvest, as God indicated and established in the book of Genesis, chapter eight, verse 22. God said, as long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed time and harvest. Say that with me. Seed, time, and harvest. 
And that's a law. A law, what makes a law a law is that it works. And it works the same way every time. And so Jesus, in giving direct illustrations of what the kingdom was like, the, the most principal illustration that he gave was that it's like a seed. And we looked at that over on the second part of this series. And as we are endeavoring to go into part three tonight, um, we're going to pick up with that. And we're going to look at seed and leaven. The title of the message tonight is the kingdom of God or the kingdom. What is it like? Seed and leaven. What's interesting, and uh, those of you that are studious and like to be students of the word of God, What's interesting is that four out of the 12 direct passages, four out of 12 of them are specifically about seed. So again, there's 12 times out of 99 where Jesus says the kingdom is like. And out of these 12 times, four of them are specifically about a seed. In other words, Jesus said the kingdom is like a seed. And we've looked at two different passages. We'll look at the other two tonight. Um, What that says to me is that everything in the kingdom functions based on the principle of the seed. Now, again, what we want to understand is what Jesus was endeavoring to teach. You know, he's trying to show us what the kingdom's like. And he uses a mustard seed, a man that scatters seed, a a man that casts seed into the ground. I mean, a number, he's trying to get the point across that this is what it's like in the area where God dominates. And of course, one of his highlight statements is, I want you to learn about that. I want you to seek that. I want you to uh, focus on that reality. Additionally, what we're going to see specifically tonight from the word of God will further emphasize the importance of this concept of the seed. What I mean is specifically combined with what we look at tonight. This concept makes up this concept of the seed makes up half of the direct references. Six out of 12. When when you join those four distinct passages that talk about seed with the two passages that talk about leaven, which these two concepts are combined Half of the direct illustrations about the kingdom are based on the principle of the seed. So are you ready to get into this tonight? And and I I endeavor, I encourage you, stay to the end. You do not want to miss how this revelation applies to your everyday life. But I need to lay a groundwork. I need to cover some scriptures. Amen. So turn with me now, if you would, to the book of. Matthew chapter 13. I need to give you the other two instances where Jesus talked about the kingdom being like seed. The the two that we've already covered are in Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 29. And then he talked about it again in Mark chapter 4, verse 30. We've covered those on part one and part two of this series. But part three tonight, we're going to pick up with reference number three of seed, reference number four of seed, and then reference number five, which is about leaven, and then reference number six, which is also about leaven. So in Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 and 32, Jesus says, another parable he put forth 
to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. That's Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 and verse 32. Now, what's what's interesting, especially if you were here two weeks ago when we covered the principal law and talked about seed, we reviewed the fact that in Mark chapter 4, verse 26, actually verse 30, Jesus uses this same illustration. Now, Mark recorded the life and ministry of Jesus from his own perspective. Matthew recorded it from his perspective. Mark recorded it. Well, Luke then recorded it from his perspective and then John from his. So oftentimes you'll see one passage or one story that Jesus told, but you'll see it from two or three different or sometimes four different angles. So obviously, if you were with us a couple weeks ago, then you know that Mark 4 and Matthew 13 are the exact same teaching. What I want to emphasize, though, is that it was so important that both of them covered it. And what we're also going to find is that Luke covered this same story, the same illustration about the kingdom of heaven being like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed in all the earth. I mean, if you've been around church, you know, sometimes they'll hand out a little bitty mustard seed. And, you know, faith is like this little itty bitty seed, and though it's the smallest, so forth and so on. But, but in this illustration, he says, this is what it's like in the area where God dominates. It's like something that starts off really, really small, and then... It grows to be massive and, you know, other things happen. Birds of the air are able to find rest in its shadow. Let's pause there for a moment. I want to read verse 33. We may come back in concept, but so that's the third reference to the kingdom being like a seed. Let's keep reading verse 33. Another parable he spoke to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven when a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. All right. okay. so so far in this series, we're in this series. We're looking at 12 different passages where Jesus taught about the kingdom, specifically saying this is what it's like. It's as if it's like an unto. And so now in Matthew, we're introduced to another concept. In Mark, twice, he referred to the kingdom as if it were seed. In Matthew, he picks up with seed, but now introduces the concept of leaven. He said the kingdom of heaven is likened unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in the measures of meal till it was all uh, leavened. Now, uh, turn with me, if you would, now to Matthew. Well, we were at Matthew 13. Let's go over to Luke chapter 13. And let's see what Luke says. So we've, we've already looked at this in Mark. Now, Mark didn't refer to leaven in Mark chapter 4. The whole passage is about 
the kingdom. He starts in chapter 4, verse 1. He tells them a parable of a sower, sowing seed. Later on in private, he tells them the kingdom is like seed. And then he, he breaks it down a couple of ways. Matthew gives the perspective, says essentially the same story, but he adds this part about leaven. Mark didn't cover the part about leaven for whatever reason. Look at Luke chapter 13. Let's pick up there. In Luke chapter 13, verse 18 and verse 19, then he said, the kingdom of God is like. He says, what is the kingdom of God like? So he's asking them the question he's going to answer. What is the kingdom of God like? That's exactly what we're searching in this series. What is it like? So in Luke, 18, Luke 13, verse 18, then he said, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? Let's just pause there for a moment. He's trying to describe or illustrate what it's like in the areas both in heaven and on earth in areas in the universe where God dominates. And he's like, what is it like? What can I compare it? Have you ever described, tried to describe something to someone that never experienced it? And I believe that's what God is trying to do for us in this series. Oh my gosh, if you have not yet experienced what life is like in the areas where God dominates, hey, all of us have grown up in this world. And in this world, there are areas where God dominates, but there are also many, many areas where the devil dominates. You might work on a job where the devil dominates. In other words, it may not be a kingdom company. It may be a secular business. They may actually restrict any conversation or communication about religious things. You know, you might be a teacher in education. Now, I was listening to Sister Sherry. I was actually not listening, but praying along with Sister Sherry Henderson. I know she's an educator, you know, works in the school system. Well, man, years ago, they took the Bible out of the classroom. They banned teachers talking about Jesus. They prevented prayer in the classroom. I used to remember, you know, we we do the Pledge of Allegiance. We would have prayer in class growing up in school. But all of that's been done away with. So what am I saying is, if you don't know what it's like in an area where God dominates, oh, Jesus says, let me tell you, what is it like? Oh, let, what can I compare it? It's like, I think I've heard this. It's like someone who's never eaten chocolate. And how would you describe what chocolate is or what it tastes like to someone who's never experienced it before? Jesus is endeavoring to do that for us. Again, in Luke, Luke chapter 13, verse number 18, let's read it. Then he said, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? He says in verse 19, it is like a mustard seed, which a man took and put it in his garden, and it grew and became a large tree. And the birds of the air nested in its branches. He then goes on to verse 20 and 21, but that's all he says. I mean, he just says that the kingdom is like a little seed that somebody planted. Oh, this is starting to get so good to me. They, they got a hold of this thing and they put it to work and it began to work and it began to grow and it began to get become great. And it got to the point where. Others were able to find rest or shade 
Wow, this is amazing. And he's using this to describe the kingdom. But he, he doesn't break it down. He doesn't give you the application in your everyday life. He's, he's sowing a seed. <laughs> All right, let's look at verse 20. So then Luke goes on to say, and again he said, to what shall I liken the kingdom of God? It is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leaven. Now, so you don't think that I've read the same thing twice. I'm actually reading Luke's account of the same scenario, the same story. We read we met Matthew. I mean, it's almost like a carbon copy. But Mark, when he saw it, he just captured on the seed. He didn't say anything about leaven. And then Matthew, he said both the part about the seed, like a mustard seed, and then about leaven. And then Luke says essentially the same. So we've talked about seed over the past couple of weeks. We looked at two out of the 12 direct passages. Tonight we add number three and number four on seed, and we also add number five and number six. That means we've got six left after this week to cover. You don't want to miss those because it, it, he, he goes into another dimension. But what I want to see before I really start to what I want you to see before I really start to dissect and pour this into your heart. Is that half. Of the 12 references on what the kingdom of life, what the kingdom is like, embrace the concept of something that is very small that has a huge impact. <laughs> okay. With that in mind, now that we've, we've covered that as it relates to seed, I want to join into the concept of seed the idea of leaven. Somebody say it out loud, leaven. Now, um, if you've ever heard of leavened or unleavened bread, obviously maybe you've been around church we don't really use those words today, but I was reading this in the New Living Translation and it really helped me understand something. It really helped me understand Jesus's illustration. In Luke chapter 13, verse 21, the New Living Translation says, he's talking about the kingdom. It is like the yeast that a woman used in making bread, even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. So if you don't know this, leaven is yeast. Uh, to the Jew, you know, um, they understood the word leaven, but maybe you don't understand it. Maybe I didn't understand it. But it's the same as that little bag. I don't know the name of it. I know when my wife sends me to go pick it up from the store, you know, it's a red and white package and it's got blue lettering. Um, I don't know the name of it, but I know it's yeast. OK. And sometimes, you know, she bakes. Well, she often bakes. But, some, you know, when she bakes things from scratch and particularly when she makes bread or yeast rolls. Ooh, man, I'm starting to uh, get really excited here thinking about it. it's like one of my favorites. Um, but even I think on yesterday I, I had some cinnamon rolls. And so we know that in, in certain breads, many breads. They use yeast in order for the dough to rise. You know, I've watched my mom for years uh, make different things and use yeast and she'll cover it. And man, this this dough will swell up really big. I'm not a baker, but from what I understand, 
just a little bit of yeast introduced to a massive lump of dough will cause that little, just that little bitty, little bit of yeast will cause the entire lump of dough to swell or to rise. They, they use it to bake bread. So I want to look at, and this was brought to me by the Holy Spirit. Let's look at, instead of, you know, getting into, you know, the technical idea of yeast and what's happening and so forth. Let's look at what the Bible has to say about the subject of leaven or yeast. Jesus often referred to it a few times. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse number six, let's go there. Jesus said to them, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. How is it you don't understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees? That's verse 11. And then verse 12 says they, that then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So in Matthew chapter 16, verse 6, all the way to verse 12, I, I skipped verse 7 through uh, 10. But in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is teaching them. He says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, when he said that, his disciples were there and I guess they weren't thinking spiritually. They understood what leaven is, it's yeast. I mean, they were under strict law by the Leviticus, uh, by the law of Moses in the book of Leviticus, that for seven days they're not to eat any uh, uh, any bread with leaven in it. They had to eat unleavened bread for a certain number of days. So when Jesus comes out of the blue talking to them, he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Immediately they started thinking about well, the leaven that's in the house because, again, according to the Levitical law, you would have to remove all leaven from your house, all the yeast. You'd have to take it completely out of your house under the certain strict law. And so when Jesus was talking to them and they're, they're, they're very law minded, they didn't get that he was talking about something else. And that's what I don't want to happen to you. Right. So when we're talking about leaven, I don't want you to be thinking about yeast rolls and cinnamon rolls. Um, I don't want you to be thinking about bread that rises because he actually. In two occasions out of 12, uses leaven to describe to you and me what it's like in the area where God dominates. Now, listen, folks, if you don't get this, you're going to miss something, right? Because this is what Jesus used to describe what he said we need to seek before anything, okay? So um, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 6, he starts out. I'm not going to read the whole passage because it's not about the, the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. We're just looking at leaven. So in verse 6, he says, beware. And then he teaches. He talks about some things. And because he could see in their face or they had questions, he, under, he realized they're not understanding what he's talking about. They're thinking about bread. So in verse number 11, he says, uh, in verse number 11, he says, how is it that you don't understand that I'm not talking about bread? But uh, I'm talking about the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And when he said that, then they were like, oh, we get it. 
He's not talking about bread. He's using that as an illustration that how something very small getting in can affect something and have a tremendous impact. Woo! There's that concept of the seed. Something microscopic. Amen. Sown or mixed and mingled can produce something uh, astronomical. So verse 12, he says, then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine, which is the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So in other words, he was telling them, beware, because if you listen to certain things, it can mess up a lot. If you hold to certain teachings, it can actually infiltrate to other thoughts. And that was the idea of what he was intending to share. All right. I don't want to get lost on that point. So let's move on. Let's go to now Luke chapter 12. Are you all enjoying this tonight? I am absolutely enjoying this tonight. Luke chapter 12 and verse number one. um, It says, in the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples, First of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Now, I would imagine Luke is taking an account of the same thing that Matthew was seeing at a later time. Or maybe Jesus spoke of it at multiple times. And Matthew caught one of those instances and Luke caught another But in either case, this word leaven is used. And because we're looking at the subject of leaven tonight as it relates to the kingdom of God and the kingdom being like leaven. I point it out because in this instance, Luke brings in something that Matthew didn't say. Jesus just said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And then he broke it down by saying the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But here in Luke chapter 12, he brings out something different. He says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And then he says specifically what it is. He says, which is hypocrisy. Now think about with me for what it what it means to be a hypocrite. That means you say one thing and then you do another. Literally, the definition is two faced. I don't know if you've ever met somebody that they're one way in public and another way in private, or, you know, they're one way in front of certain people and then another way. I mean, oof, you know, the idea of being hypocritical is something that we all need to be sensitive to um, and prevent, you know, from being in our lives. And, and Jesus tells us as his disciples, he says, beware of hypocrisy. The leaven of the Pharisees is hypocrisy. So he says, "Ooh, glory to God, man, this is good. He says, in your and my life, watch out for areas where we're two-faced. James said it this way. You know, let not him, ask, but, but let a man ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven of the wind and tossed. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He's got two things going, two thoughts going, two sides going, two-faced. And so it's something that we need to be sensitive to. Hypocrisy is like leaven. Just a little bit can have a huge impact. Oh, glory, this is good. All right. Now, 
here's another reference, and this is by the Apostle Paul. I'm starting to bring this home. So, like I said, you don't want to miss the end of this message. So we're looking at occasions because we want to understand biblically what leaven is like. Because Jesus said, if you understand what leaven is like, you'll understand what the kingdom is like. This woman took a little bit of yeast and hid it. You know, she's just, uh, I think it's called kneading. She's kneading the dough. And just a little bit, and, and, and it gets into that dough, and somehow it works its way through the entire lump, a little leaven. And it has a tremendous impact. So now go with me, if you would, to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and let's look at number verse number 6. 1 Corinthians 5 and 6 says, Your glorying is not good. Do you not know... That a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Do you not know that a little yeast causes the whole lump, the whole dough, the lump of dough to rise? And he's asking a question. I want to ask you, do you do you not know how leaven works? Because the kingdom works this way. Oh, now we got to start to look at what that means. And we'll do that. Hallelujah. So 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 Paul, in this occasion, where leaven, leaven is 21 times in the, in the Bible, in the whole Bible. There's a lot mentioned in the Old Testament about not having unleaven or not using leaven, not having leaven in certain instances under the law. But as we get into the New Testament, Jesus immediately says the kingdom is like leaven. And then he says, beware of the leaven and beware of the leaven, which is hypocrisy. Right. And then now Paul introduces a couple of occasions where he uses this word leaven. And he says, don't you know how this works? Don't you know that a little leaven, somebody say a little leaven. Oh, y'all talking to me tonight. (laughs) A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Let's take a moment here and think about how this applies. In the areas where God dominates, how many of you all want God to dominate in your home? I don't want the devil dominating in my home. The devil has no right in my home, but he's a thief and a robber. He tried to get in, right? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. I don't want him having dominion. I want God having dominion in my home. I want God having dominion on my job. I want God having dominion in my church. I want God having dominion in my city. You know, and, and I want to function. I don't want to function in areas financially where Satan dominates. I want to function in areas financially where God dominates. Well, in the areas where God dominates, it's like leaven. In the area where God dominates, it's like something really small that can have a very significant impact. Turn with me if you would. We looked at this and I just got to look at it again. In Zechariah chapter four, this is this is the application. This is what I ask you to wait for, because I need you to see what God is saying and how this works in your life, because maybe you believe in God for certain things and you don't see them right now. Maybe, you know, you started a business. Uh, We've been believing God with Sister Karen Sanders. God spoke prophetically that even though she left 
you know, being in a salon where, you know, she's got her normal clients, but then you got walk-ins and, you know, everybody gets their shot at a walk-in. And, um, you know, there's, there's some regularity there. There's signage. But by faith, she stepped out to go from a salon to a studio. Now, this is just, you know, a general studio complex. It's not about hairstylists. It's not about massage therapists. It's not about tax uh, uh, advisors or tax preparers. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a, a, you know, a building full of studios. And so you've got to have a strong clientele because you're essentially not going to get walk-ins in the same way you would in an area which is specifically designed for that. So she steps out by faith. Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 10 says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Say it out loud with me. Despise not small beginnings. You know, I could be discouraged after 25 years of ministry and, you know, on YouTube or Facebook, we're only reaching 10, uh, 10 of 10s, you know, 10 to 10s, not hundreds and hundreds or thousands and thousands or tens of thousands upon tens of thousands. We're just tens upon 10. <laughs> you know, I could be discouraged. I could be, you know, like I could despise, you know. Uh, our efforts at Faith Family Church when we come out and, you know, there's still empty seats in the auditorium from week to week or from year to year or even after a decade of ministry. But God says, don't despise the beginnings of something. Don't despise those things that start. Whoo, glory to God. Don't despise those things that start out really small. Don't look at your bank account and despise it. Don't look at where your children are and despise. Don't look at where your family. Don't look at <clears throat> where, where your body is concerned. Don't look at things and despise them because they're not what you really expect or what you really hope. Because the way it works, hallelujah, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, for anointing me to speak this into their life. The way it works in the area where God dominates is it starts out really small. It starts out very insignificant. It starts out as the tiniest, as the smallest, as the most insignificant, but given time. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Given time. It will grow. It will become great. And it will help others. I have no doubt in my mind. For those of you that are like Sister Karen, as she believes and, and, and by faith continues to put one, uh, 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 one foot of faith in front of the other, even though she may started out renting, may have started out in a, in a studio someday, I believe it'll be possible where she can own her own facilities. You know, when we're making that statement, we, you know, we believe, we, you know, we receive and, you know, the blessing is manifesting our debt-free lands and debt-free buildings. Some of you as business owners, I know Sister Dolores, she has a janitorial company looking to expand into the commercial market. 
it, praise God. We believe with her that someday her business grows and becomes so great where she has to have a physical facility for, for her folks to come to and to work out of as they go throughout the city. Who am I preaching to today? I don't know who's online. I don't know if Karen's online. I don't know if Sister Dolores is online. I'm just using a, a couple of examples. There are many of us. I know some of the brothers, uh, Brother Sherelle Grays that started in a trucking company and Brother uh, Jonathan Bayless also started in a trucking company. I know Kevin Nall, he has a uh, uh, an entertainment uh, a DJ service and, and, and different ones. And the list can just go on and on. Whether it be in business or in relationships, whether it be in finances, whether it be even in your physical body. God says through Zechariah, because this is the way it works in the area where God dominates, even in ministry. Maybe there's some pastors that might be watching this. Don't, don't despise where you are. Don't, don't despise anything small in your life. Um, oftentimes I've heard preachers talk about the, the bamboo seed and how, you know, that thing can be in the ground for decades and then, boom, it'll shoot up real tall and real strong. I believe that's just the way it works in the areas where God dominates. I believe it gets God great glory. Let me give you one more before I wrap this up. So we're looking at seed and leaven. I hope that you can see with me that the concept of seed overlaps into the concept of leaven. And out of 12 different direct passages where Jesus said, the kingdom is like this. What could I use? You know, the kingdom is like this. 12 different direct passages, six out of the 12 of them are just like seed in leaven, where something really small becomes really big, really great. Watch this. So the last uh, uh, scripture reference about leaven that I want to use tonight is also from the Apostle Paul. This time, I want to look at it in Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 9. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 9, it says, A little leaven leavens the whole lump. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I pray that that gets down into your spirit because Jesus said that's what the kingdom is like. He says, what can I compare it to, right? He says, it's likened unto and something that's really little and it just has an effect. Glory to God. I have felt for years and even still yet feel that Faith Family Church is one of the best kept secrets in all of Houston, Texas. The only problem is we don't want to be a secret. A, 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 a lamp is not to be hidden under a bushel. Oh, glory to God. A lamp is not to be hidden. It's to be set on a lampstand. It's to be set you know, on a hill so that people all over can see the light. And think about what Jesus said. The, the kingdom of heaven is what it can be compared to. It's like a little leaven that's hid in, in the dough. And so even though faith family church may be hidden, obscure, uh, opaque, not readily seen or readily visible, Wait, don't don't give up. Don't give up hope. Glory to God, because that's the way it works in the kingdom. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Um, it is as it's hid. It's like a light that should be set upon a hill. And so I'm not I'm not discouraged. I'm not dismayed because the little leaven that means faith family. We will have a huge impact in the world around us. And I literally mean the world. A, we will have a world impact, a, a international impact right here from Houston, Texas. I'm going to share uh, a, a part of that on Sunday, uh, just about our vision. You know, it's not just about us and, you know, our, our current faith family. God intends for this ministry to impact Northwest Houston County, uh, Northwest Harris County, this part of Houston, all of Houston, Texas. This ministry is supposed to have such a dynamic impact that it impacts Texas, that it impacts the United States and then reaches into other countries around the world. And that's the way it works. You can't look at where we are right now. You can't look at how long it's been because in the kingdom, it's like something small, a little leaven that leavens the whole lump. So for those of you that have waited to the end, I want you to look at a verse that we looked at on this past Sunday. And I want to impact your spirit with this verse in Job chapter eight and verse number seven. In Job chapter eight and verse number seven. I pray you brought your shouting clothes. I'll read the comments when we're done. I can't see them right now because they're 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 behind my notes. But I pray that you get something good out of this. In your life, here's the application. This is what the Spirit of God is saying. This is what Jesus meant when he said, in the area where God dominates, it's like leaven, which a woman took and hid, and it affected the whole thing. Job chapter 8, God says, Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would increase abundantly. And I prophesy that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Maybe the beginning of your marriage, you know, the, the good times were few and far between. But yet your latter end will increase abundantly. Though financially, your beginning in business, your, though, though, though physically, whatever the case, though your beginning was small, yet your latter end, he's trying to preach this thing through Job. He's trying to preach this thing to you and I. He's trying to impact our spirit. If you were in this room with me, I would look into your eyes and whatever your circumstance, whatever your situation, though it started out really small, yet in the end, it will increase abundantly. In the King James Version, this verse says, Job 8 and 7 out of the King James, he says, Though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. We've been just hovering around a little increase, you know, every year, just a little bit better, you know, just a little, a few more people, a few more families, a, a little bit more in our finances. I don't know what it was like for you in business. Maybe, you know, you've been a small business, small business or whatever it was in your family. I'm here to tell you what God has said. He's using me to speak this into your spirit right now. Though your beginning was small, yet in your latter end, some of you are entering into the 
latter years of your life, you know, I kind of feel like I'm at the midpoint or somewhere along that line. When I look back, some of you all need to look back at your beginning, look at where you started from, look at where you came from, look at where your family came from. And what God prophesies to you tonight is though your beginning was small, it, it, it pales in comparison to your latter end because it's going to it's going to greatly increase what I see in the spirit. When I look at Job eight and seven out of the King James version of the Bible, I see an exponential rate of increase in your life, in your finances, in your relationships, where your children's lives are concerned. I see Great increase happening in your future. In the New Living Translation, it says, though you started with little, you will end with much. Some of you have been really concerned about your retirement. Don't worry about it. Come on, man. I know I'm talking to somebody on the other end. You know, maybe you, your, your, your retirement account, and I mean, you're like close to retirement. Don't worry about it. What you talking about, Pastor Stan? I'm in my I'm in my sixties or I'm in my fifties, and you know when I started out, you know I didn't I didn't have much and I wasn't able to contribute much and the little that is in Social Security. Don't worry about it. That's what Jesus was saying in Matthew chapter six. Don't worry about your life. I got you, God says, because in the area where God dominates, He's got you. That in the latter end of your life. Though you started with little, you will end with much. He said that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. You might not have enough left for yourself, let alone for your children's children. But yet God says, though you might have very little, in the end, you will have very much. I have been young and now I'm older and I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread you can be rest assured god's got it all taken care of Woo, man i'm excited all right let me finish with this last one well i got two more the english standard version of job chapter 8 verse 7 he says here and though your beginning was small your latter days will be very great faith family We've been a small church, you know, we, uh, up until now, we've been a very small church, you know, uh, we've been doing this for years and years. You know, we're not a new church. We've survived many things and, you know, gone through the pandemic. We, we're, we're still here still. But, yeah. Ooh, man, if you could see Faith Family Church into the future, we will be very great. God, God's vision for us is to grow and to become great. Why? So that we can help others. Where is that born out of? Mark chapter 4 verse 30, 31 and 32. That's God's vision for faith family. That's why he planted us here in Houston. Though we may be small right now. Don't worry about it. Don't look at where we're at. Amen. We're renting buildings and using facilities. The day and time will come where we will have buildings, lands, houses, equipments, furnishings, vehicles. We were doing a phenomenal work in the kingdom of God because that's the way it works. It's like leaven, just a little bit. Ooh, man, I'm, I'm feeling some kind of way tonight, man. I done preached myself happy. Last one, and I saved the best for last. Did you stay on the whole time? Thank you for being a part of the broadcast, but let me give you this one last one. 
The Christian Standard Bible says of Job chapter 8, this is the application. When Jesus says the kingdom is like seed, really small, the kingdom is like leaven, just a little bit, a little leaven, leavens the whole lump. What he means is what God has prophesied over your life in Job 8 and 7 in the Christian Standard Bible. Then, even if your beginnings were modest, your final days will be full of prosperity. Come on, who receives that? Come on, who, who receives that? I receive that. You know, I, I, I would say I live a modest life right now. Not a broke life, not a poor life. Um, you know, but in, in the grand scheme of things, I would say, you know, it's modest. But oh, though even though your beginnings might have been modest, he says your final days are going to be full of prosperity. So don't worry about your life. What are you going to wear? What are you going to put on, you know, for your children? (laughs) Some of you, you know, kids getting older, getting ready to go to college. Don't worry about it. God's got it all worked out. Though that beginning was small and your latter end is going to greatly increase. Um, I prophesy over Carol and Kyra, my brother and sister. um, Great abundance is in their future. I'm talking about uh, there's a wealthy place that they'll step into that we will all celebrate and rejoice, you know, with a family of, uh, of seven, you know, um, it, it just, you know, children cost a lot and so forth. And, you know, I would say like us, you know, they, they've lived a modest life. Whew, there's great abundance coming to that household. <laughs> I know some, I know Pastor Egerton is rejoicing with me as well. And, Pastor Tom, I'm sure we're all celebrating that moment. Amen. Be rest assured, though your beginning was small, your latter end shall increase greatly. I pray you all got something good out of this. Per adventure, you're online and you don't know Jesus Christ. Wow, what, what a better opportunity than right now to give your life to the Lord. And you'll start from right where they are. Whether you have prosperity now, you know, in comparison to where you'll end up, that'll be small. Amen. So give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. All you got to do is pray a simple prayer. If you're out of fellowship, maybe you caught this broadcast and you're not really living right. Come on, seek first the kingdom. You know, let go of that loose living in the areas where the devil dominates. Come on into the kingdom. Start functioning in the way of his doing and being right. And you'll see things just take off, take off exponentially. Pray this prayer with me. Say, uh, God in heaven, I thank you for this message tonight. And I do believe that Jesus Christ, that he is the son of God. I believe that he died for me, bearing my sins for me. I believe they put him in a grave. But I believe you raised him from the dead. Come into my heart. Save me from my sins. Lord, I repent for the things I've done and the things I've said. I accept your forgiveness. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit. I make you my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise God. Well, I speak this blessing. May the Lord bless and keep you. Make his face shine upon your life. May he keep you until we see again, see one another again. Don't forget this Sunday is Blowout Sunday. I'm asking every member, visitor, volunteer, faith family, please come. We'd like to cover some things. It's going to be a glorious service. Got some really fun things lined up. Plus, 
I'm smoking a brisket. Praise God. It'll be some good food. Fellowship for the kids. Don't want to miss it. Come early. Uh, let's get a great time of praise and worship in. We'll start at 1030 a.m. on this Sunday. Text somebody. Call somebody. Let's gather together and have a great time. We'll see you next week for another edition of our Wednesday Night Live. God bless you.